Thank you, Martin. Oh, morning, everyone. That was quite an introduction, wasn't it? Small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Sigh. <laughs> it's a great introduction to this, uh, this, uh, this passage this morning, so thanks for that, Martin. I shall get you later, um, alongside your confession about your phone usage. Um, so here we are, at the, um, thinking about the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, Jesus has spent some time over the, the last, uh, well, we've been looking at this for the last sort of seven or eight weeks, and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spends some time talking about the kind of person that he encourages people to be, and what it means to be a Christian. He's talked about the character of lifestyle, he's talked about the secret life, he's talked about our relationships and our attitudes that we need to have. And now, approaching the end of his sermon, he comes to these two verses, which could be entitled, Decision Time. It's a little bit like um, the the kind of the end of uh, Strictly Come Discipleship. The, The choice needs to be made. Who are you going to vote for? Uh, who are you going to keep in? Who do you want to keep in the jungle or in the, uh, uh, the event? Jesus is, is reaching that moment when it's about the time to reach a verdict. This is, if you like, X Factor, the final Saturday. The decision that needs to be made. Nobody, uh, there, there is only two choices and one of them has to be made. So today then, the choice really is yours. It's my job simply to outline what I think these two verses say and to encourage you that the choice must be made. There are two choices. And the choice is the broad road or the narrow road, the wide gate or the small gate. And let's try and unpick what Jesus was meaning when he spoke these words. So the first thing then is this sense of what is the choice that's before us? The choice is the two roads, the broad road or the narrow road. The broad road literally means broad, spacious, roomy, a road with no boundaries on, nothing to give up, no standards to keep. You can be proud, angry, hateful, lustful, Envious, never pray, never fast, never give anything up, never help anybody. You can keep your money and you can be ambitious for yourself. That is what Jesus describes as the broad road. The broad road with a broad problem. Because when there are no boundaries and when people live as they want to live, people get hurt. Karen and I were driving in India a few years ago now, 20 years ago, and I'd never been to India before, and we were driving uh, around Delhi, and I was slightly shocked when we were in the back of this uh, uh, kind of rickshaw driving along to discover that on the side of the road that we were on, two cars side by side were coming towards us on our side of the road. And this is a mild shock to me, I have to say, and I did say something to that effect. like, oh gosh, I wonder what one might do now. Um, And then as the cars approached us, they just decided that they just separate like that and go either side of us, and we carried on on the side of the road. 
It was an interesting, and uh, Daniel and Jemima and others will no doubt verify this, it's an interesting you know, experience for us in terms of driving in a very different environment. Well, there seemed to be, I mean, I think there were rules, but I wasn't aware of them. It seemed to be driving with no boundaries. When there are no boundaries, people get hurt. Or can you imagine yesterday, the BBC presenter saying, and now we'd like to take you to the Rugby International... England are going to be playing Australia. And just to let you know today, there are absolutely no rules at all in this game. And in rugby may look like that to most of you, to be honest. But um, can you imagine? There are absolutely no rules today, no organisation, no referee. It's a kind of a free-for-all. It would be absolute chaos, wouldn't it? When there are no boundaries, people get hurt. And Jesus is saying here, look, there is a, there is choices before us. There's a broad road that leads to destruction, and then there is a narrow road that leads to life. So the choice before us is the broad road with a broad problem, that when there are no boundaries, people get hurt. And then there's the narrow road, which is tough. The narrow road to walk with Jesus, arm in arm, alongside you, within you along the narrow road that leads to eternal life. And the narrow road is tough. If anybody ever says to you that being a Christian is easy, they are telling you a fib. To live as a Christian is a tough thing, isn't it? It's why Jesus in Luke chapter 9 outlines the cost of discipleship. He says to live as a Christian is actually tough because you give up yourself. You give up the focus for yourself as being the center of the world and you look outwards you look outwards to respond to Jesus and to welcome him in but then as a result of that you start to look outwards to the needs of the world and the cares that other people might have it takes our focus off us and onto others and that is tough that is not an easy thing to do and we are led by the Lord on the narrow road that leads to eternal life I don't know how many of you have ever been caving, but when I was 13 years old, I was taken caving by a teacher at school. It would never be allowed now. They took us caving, and they said, um, I was 13 years old, first day at school. They said, we're going to go caving, and here's your equipment, tin helmet and a candle. (laughs) And I was 13 years old, so what did I know? I just kind of, you know, I felt like saying, are you sure that's all the equipment that we're need to have and it was before health and safety so nobody could say you know could we see the risk assessment on this one please but uh, he took us caving um, a whole bunch of us tin helmets and candles and we went down a thing called the drain pipe Um, it was in Somerset caving and when when I looked at the drain pipe have you been down that it is quite narrow isn't it and I am not the um, slimmest of um, you know chunky-ish. So as I looked at this hole in the ground, I thought to myself, there is no way. I couldn't get my foot through there, let alone my head, my shoulders, and every other bit of me. Uh, and anyway, we did. We went down, we got to, and a, a, peop, a guy in front of me got stuck in this drain pipe. He tried to crawl when he should have been on his hands, and he got stuck between the top of his back and his knees as he tried to kneel and crawl. He got stuck, and I was behind him as he got stuck, trying to think encouraging things and say encouraging things like, um, shift! (laughs) And hurry up! And we're all going to die! 
you know, kind of basic, um, let's look on the bright side of life mentality to caving. And in the end, as the candles went out and the, the light was extinguished and we were in total darkness, it was, it was um, and he was started to, to weep. And I thought, somebody's got to take action here. So I grabbed his ankles and just pulled like that. And he hit, hit his face on the ground. And slowly up ahead, we saw this person with, with a light who was shining it back and said, just, just follow the light. Follow, walk, you know, walk, walk towards the light. I was thinking, I'm not sure that's a good thing. People have... <laughs> People have told me that's the end, you know, but, um, <laughs> but we did. And, uh, and sl- slowly, as somebody uh, kind of showed us where the a- exit was, we were managed to follow this light up ahead, and we managed to get to freedom. It was a happy day as a 13-year-old when I realized that I might actually reach my 14th birthday. You see, the narrow road is tough. It's never going to be easy living as a Christian, but the reality is Jesus stands as the only truth, as the light up ahead who stands alongside us and up ahead of us who says, walk towards me. It's going to be okay because I'm with you and I'm in you. William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army, he described Christians as this. He says, you know, they are godly, go-ahead, daredevils. And I love that description of what it means to be a Christian. Godly, go-ahead, daredevils. It means to take risks to be a person following Christ is never going to be easy, but the rewards uh, are eternal. So there's the choice ahead of us. There's also the destination. Jesus says broad is the road to destruction and narrow the road to life. And we might be saying to ourselves in reading this passage, actually broad is good, Jesus. You know, broad road, quite good. Narrow road, not so easy. Surely we would make a choice on the broad road rather than on the narrow road to life. The wide seems harmless, the road that leads to destruction. But as I've said already, when we fill our lives with no boundaries, with pride, with anger, hatred, lust, selfishness, we realize that it actually destroys others, but it also destroys something of ourselves. Nobody's ever got to the end of their life and said, you know, I wish I'd worked harder. It's always about relationships and that ultimate relationship with Jesus. And when we give our lives to something that at the end of the day is simply going to fade away and vanish, and we're standing there at the end of our life, whenever that might be, and we just don't know, do we? But whenever we're standing there or sitting there or lying there and think, what did I give my life to? I would be a person that said, I want to give my life to the things that Jesus gave his life for in my existence. So there's a big road that heads to destruction, to nothingness. And this is Jesus not making a threat, take this way and I'm going to destroy you. This is Jesus saying, look, there's a warning sign over, uh, over the existence of humanity that says, don't simply lead and live on the broad road. Uh, live on the narrow road that leads to life. This is Jesus saying that there is destruction when you lead uh, when, and you live on the broad road and there's life available on the narrow road. And the word that Jesus used here for life, the narrow road that leads to life, means physical, but it also has that perspective of eternal It's a word that means not just life as existence. It means the breadth of life, the fullness. 
Jesus described life like this in John 17. He says, now this is eternal life, that they, that's us, may know you, that's the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's what Jesus described as life, a knowledge of the eternal because of knowing Jesus. So the narrow road leads to life. So how do you spot the narrow road? Because it may not be a road of significant plaudits or money or standing or status. How do you spot the road? Hold that thought. So there's the destination. And then in this passage, there's the who is on the road. Jesus, in a sense, answers the question, who will go with me on this road? Who will follow me? The many and the few. So Jesus says, many enter through the wide gate. And there's pressure to follow the crowd, isn't there, through the wide gate onto the wide road. The pressure to follow the crowd. The pressure to follow um, societal um, pressures to be a particular way to be a certain type of person to have the things that you might need to have in order to be the kind of person that everybody would go wow I'd love to have that as well I was watching the gadget show yesterday and the prizes that they were giving away on the gadget show added up to 43,000 pounds it included every type of iPad going it included an iPhone 4S and an iPhone 5. It considered all the range of iPods. It, it, it even included the odd, you know, Microsoft product. But, <laughs> but most of it was anointed and, and focused. 43 that flat screen TVs, Apple, you know, the whole... And I thought, wow, that, wouldn't that be amazing to have that? And then I thought, but... At, what cost if this is the focus for our lives is just on gathering and gaining more stuff nobody's ever able to get to a place where they die and they're able to take their iPhone with them I, I, I will be trying <laughs> but I'm not sure it's allowed Jesus answers the question of who will go with me there's a pressure to follow the crowd in terms of attitude and thinking, to be um, kind of inclusive of everything and every idea or ideal, Jesus says there must be a different way. Because when you end up believing everything, you end up believing nothing. There's a pressure to follow the crowd. And Jesus says there are many who find their way through the wide gate, but there are a few that finds the narrow, great, the narrow gate. And this is not about our ability as seekers. You know, how good are you at finding a small entrance? You know, are you the kind of person when somebody says, oh, I live in, you know, this particular flat and it's in the middle of this estate and you find your way instantly there without even worrying? Or are you the kind of person that struggles to find an entrance? To, like, where is the entrance to this house? I have no idea how to get in. This is not about our ability as seekers. This is about what Jesus has done in order that we might make a choice. It's about a choice to move from a broad path to a narrow path. 
And Jesus' challenge here is, will you count yourself in? Count yourself in for the narrow path. Because Jesus says, only if you find it, but actually the rewards therein are immense and eternal. And there's one important thing that we must do. How do I recognize the narrow entrance? I was going to turn these up on their end. Should we try that, or do you think we might destroy things? Let's try. Look at that. Potsy, good job. It's all right, just a quick test. (laughs) Yes, I know. Leave my iPhone here. See, how do you spot the narrow entrance? It's kind of Jesus probably had in mind the narrow entrances of Jerusalem. He spoke about entering through an eye of an eagle once. Remember that? And the description of a gate as being like uh, in Jerusalem, the eye of a needle, where you have to uh, kind of uh, unload to get through the eye of the needle. And I think as you, look at, as you look at the entrance like that, and you think most, most of us in our lives try and carry a whole load of stuff with us on the journey. I'm reckoning that, you know, this is the stuff of life. It's my baggage. It's the stuff that is dragging me down in my life. It's the sin. It's the, the stuff that gets in the way. It's my attitudes and my focuses and the me of life. You know, and I think, but Lord, this is me. I really would love to take this through with me, Lord. It would be just ideal. If, you, if I could just carry it through with me, wouldn't life be so much... This is going to get tiring, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> wouldn't life be so much better if I could just carry it through with me, Lord? And when Jesus died on the cross, he said, you know, you can't take it through with you. In fact, he says, if you try and take it through with you, it leads to destruction. It's going to fall on you and hurt you. So... When I died on the cross, Jesus said, you know, I I died there to lift this off you, onto me. I carried it. So he says, Sai, here's all your baggage, just give it to me. So I say, Lord Jesus, thank you, and you have it. You take it, you die for it. You rise again to show that you're powerful enough to carry it. And then I stand as a person freed from that stuff. And then when the choice is before me to walk through the narrow gate I think you know Lord thank you so much that you carried all of my baggage so that I'm free to walk through I stand the other side I stand as a person welcomed and freed to walk through into eternal life to walk through with hope and positivity and direction up ahead and the bizarre thing is most of us stand out here with our baggage holding on to it saying it's much better out here. It's much broader out here. You know, there's more options out here. And, you know, the, the incredible thing is that as we dump our baggage, as we give it to Jesus, and we walk through the narrow gate, actually, uh, through there, um, the, the future is much more amazing. The options are much more incredible. The fact that Jesus is with you and walking alongside you and pointing you and opening up vistas of opportunity as you walk following him. The bizarre thing is that as we give up all of that, 
we receive so much more. Hope for the future, security as we walk into eternity, and much more than that, a focus that says, out there with other people, God calls me to serve, to make a difference, to see an impact in the world because of little old me. You know, somebody said once, you know, one person can't change the world, and that may be true, but you know, you can change the world for one person. Even when you do a little bit, you help, you hold out a hand, you do the things that Jesus calls you to do. So this morning, would you count yourself in? The way in. Notice the first word in these verses. Jesus simply says this. He says, enter. He says, enter. It's a kind of an urgent thing. Jesus is not being terribly Anglican in these words. He's not saying, if you'd like to... One has a choice here, and um, do take your time to consider a number of different options as you go forward, and uh, there will be a series of committee meetings um, <laughs> and um, decisions that will be made by uh, um, kind of jointly and corporately. So uh, do enter if you'd like to. And He just says, enter, do it. Don't mess about, do it. Make a decision to live for me. You'll discover that there's hope in the here and now, and perspective for eternity. He says, enter. The wide gate says everything counts. Every message that you hear is equally valuable. Do you know, I don't think Jesus would say that that was true. Small gate is Jesus' entrance into eternity. The narrow gate through whom we pass is Jesus himself. In fact, one day, Jesus described himself when his disciples were being a little bit thick and they couldn't quite get it. And he was describing sheep and how the sheep listened to the shepherd's voice. And it says that his disciples were kind of going, smiling and going to themselves, Peter, do you understand that? No, not a clue. And Jesus, when he, when he, when he realized that they didn't understand, it says in John 10, verse 7, it says, Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the gate. When you come through me, then eternity opens up for you. And at that point, although the Bible doesn't says, say this, in between the verses, they w- there would have been this sense of, oh, we get it now. I am the gate when you enter through me. And he goes on to say, of course, that whoever comes to me will have life and life in all its fullness. You see, we give up ourselves and receive Jesus, but then we receive everything that we were ever hoping that we would want to receive. When we seek first the kingdom, everything else gets added after that. And so we're called to follow him. So, how to find life? How to find your way through the narrow gate? Well, it stands right in front of every single one of us. It has, since the words that Jesus spoke were written down and made available for everyone. The choice this morning is not, well, I've got a whole load of questions and I'll wait till those questions are answered before I respond. No, Jesus says, no, enter. Enter now. Whatever questions you might have, difficulties you might be facing or concerns that you might have for your life or the things that hold you back or hold you down or bug you or your past, Jesus says, lay it all before me. Give it to me all. Give it to me and I will enable you to live freely going forward. Enter through the narrow gate.
And so this morning, uh, in these two verses, we're confronted with the choice. The choice to take the broad road that everyone else might take that just heads somewhere into nothingness or the narrow road through the narrow gate that Jesus says through which we will find life. Life for the here and now, but life eternally as well. So, why don't we just... Why don't I just shut up and um, (laughs) we'll be quiet for a second. And then I'm going to encourage you to uh, just to respond to this message this morning.